Canyon. Hurrah! Hurrah! Right. Indeed. Let's go for some, shall we? We'll give up the music. Yeah, go on, cue it in. You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Welcome to the Essential Apple Podcast, a show where we cover the last seven to ten days in the world of Apple news, reviews, rumours, roundup, gossip, tech, and, well, basically, anything else that catches our eye. This is the Essential Apple Podcast. You know, it's still weird to listen to myself on the pre-recorded intro before I actually start talking. Hello, everyone. It's Sunday. It's another week over, another week beginning, and this is the Essential Apple Show. No guests this week because, well, it's been a bit of mayhem, but Simon's joining me this week. And we're going to take a look at the last seven to ten days in the world of Apple news, even though there really, really isn't any. Um, Although there is one bit of Apple news. Uh, this is from The Loop. There's some Beats Studio Wireless over-ear headphones, Balmain Special Edition. Oh, my God. They're absolutely hideous. And I'm sort of thinking, well, looking at the colours, who would wear what could only – is it a pink? If you have a look in the show notes, Simon, I think it's near the top. Um, it's it's a colour that could only be described as what you'd find in a lady's makeup bag probably – from the 90s and you think who would wear a set of headphones like this and you scroll down and then there's kylie jenner which basically sums it all up and well there's some sort of uh gold ones just gold. They're oh. sort of they're, they're sort of um bronzy gold it's just oh it, it, yeah. it's the apple design team must have gone oh you know what lads we're off for some holiday now do what you want have a bit of fun it's like the last day of school bring your toys in and see what they're you sold out do. they're sold out apparently uh, does that mean they're actually ever in stock oh it's just if people walk i i'm not one to shame people in public but i would laugh at them if they wore them in public uh, maybe i'm old Maybe I don't yeah. get this style thing. The kids are now rap music and being on my lawn. Well, the colour doesn't do anything for me. I'll give you that. And uh, apparently not effectively available in any other colours. Oh, no. Oh, actually, hang on. At the bottom, at the bottom here, there's Beats Studio Wireless Over-Ear Headphones Alexander Wang uh, edition, uh, see, uh, which are anyone... a sort of dove grey, which is actually more like a charcoal colour. It's, it's the blackest dove I've ever seen. Um... But other than that, and if you've got $600 to waste, well, maybe it doesn't matter what people think of you. Yeah, it's like uh, it's that, uh, what is it, that same bite that Carl's got, that I'm considerably richer than you. Oh, I am considerably richer than thou. Yes, uh, It's right. Tell well, you there is no Apple news at all, and I refuse to even go down the line of... Uh, oh, well, we might as well address it. Uh, where is it in the show notes? The people are talking about the iPhone. Oh, well, well, I put I put a note here. Ah, yeah, no, 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 no. Right. And then the it's here's what we know. Brackets so far about the iPhone nine. Nothing. Uh, nothing at all. 
uh, in, from Inverse, apparently. The 2018 iPhone set to launch after the iPhone 8 may be dubbed the iPhone 9. Some big changes might be in store. Here's what we think Apple is planning. And that's all I'm prepared to say about that, because as far as I'm concerned, that's going straight in the circular file. Yes, I'm just trying to find. We had some feedback from uh, uh, at... the feedback. Yes, that's from at Twitter Twitanosaurus. Yes, via Twitter. Uh, interesting discussion on a podcast with car leasing. I'm very cynical on why car leasing is being pushed. Uh, in future, it will be due to. Oh, did you write that or no? No, no. It's from. It's direct. Right. That's a direct quote. All right. So in future, it will be due to auto- autonomous cars. At the moment, it's rebranding debt as something like renting the sixty-eight billion dollar car finance in the uk currently i realize that you're talking about the tech angle though but people should see current leasing for what it is arguably not good for the economy uh i think i'm with you on that because uh more and more it's become uh, you will not own this car at the end of adverts and you think well okay you know maybe 200 pounds a month for a car yeah obviously some people are going to afford that and I will admit, back in the day, when I had before I was an adult and I had money to burn like that, I thought, yeah, car leasing seems to be quite good. But you've got, uh, was it, 35,000 miles over three years. That's not a lot of miles. Uh, it, well, that varies. That varies by deal. And um, although I, I, you know, I'm not an economist and I, I wasn't really... Um, you know, getting into the economic uh, part of it, as as he's said, uh, I I kind of see what he's saying because, well, as I did say, you know, why has leasing become more and more popular? Because basically, car dealers can't sell you cars, so the best thing they can do now is rent you cars. Um, is is it a good thing or not? I don't know. I I, I don't know. So I suppose it's like if you were to get a car on credit or finance, at least you know uh, they this is. Basically, in perpetual, in perpetuity. Mm. Well, well, the thing with leasing, of course, the thing with leasing is you have to understand, um, I effectively lease our car, my wife's car, uh, because she gets um, a mobility vehicle. So that's effectively leasing through the government. Um, But what you get with a lot of these lease deals on the plus side is you you get things like free tires, you know, free servicing, uh, and a whole load of other yeah true know, but maybe free insurance you know yeah, so yeah. that it, it's kind of whether it's good or not you know i'm not going to claim to have their economic chops to make a decision on that i, I think for some people it's a good option it, it's a way to have a vehicle and not have to worry about the costs of insuring it and maintaining it and you know because i mean the tire i have no idea how much the tires on my car are but i should i strongly suspect that they're probably a new set of tires is probably in the range of 300 quid and that i couldn't drive a car like the one i drive uh, if we weren't eligible for this uh, motability scheme you know, yeah i really couldn't so Swings and roundabouts, but uh, thank you very much for the feedback. And I know that that came in a couple of weeks ago, and because we've had guests and been very, very busy, we never actually got round to mentioning it. So uh, we weren't ignoring you. No, were we? We, we were do not get ignoring round to everyone's feedback eventually. I suppose yes. for me, just on the car leasing thing, it sounds all very well and good, but it's it's the fear factor because you never actually own that car. And if I had one, I'd be constantly 
packing my pants for, ah, have I curbed it? Well, if I've curbed it, how much is that going to cost me? What happens if some idiot comes along and scuffs the car or keys it or, you know, oh, the, yeah. uh, a, a branch falls on it, which happens. You know, that all then sort of piles on at the end when you have to yeah. give the car yeah. back. Or, or, you know, or you... You know, or you have to take out insurance that covers you for that and so on. So, yeah, you know. That... I would say, though, if I had the option to lease an electric car and it was coming in at about £150 a month, that would severely, severely tempt me because you wouldn't have to pay. Uh, I wouldn't have to pay for fuel because I could get it from work. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> swings and roundabouts. And um, as I say, uh, uh, whether or not... Some of it is effectively relabeling debt as a way to reduce you know, oh, government yeah, figures is, yeah. of about consumer debt and so on and so forth in the same way as sometimes uh, various other figures get juggled by uh, governments and uh, economists to suit themselves. You know, they'll they'll shift people from unemployment to uh, disability payments because they need to reduce the unemployment figures and then, oh, yes. you know, and then um, vice versa when people believe too many people are getting disability payments they shove them off and tell them they've got to go back on the dole um it doesn't actually it doesn't actually uh, you know it doesn't really alter the number of people who are either not in work or who are unable to work it simply shifts the labels around depending on what yeah. is politically politically expedient um but you know my politics are showing and that's not what we're here to talk about so no. Ah, well, that was a nice little diversion. Um, well, let's just go through these stories randomly. Okay. Unsurprisingly, uh, mobile is now the preferred platform for reading email in an article from Apple World Today. Uh, that's sort of a bit obvious, really, considering that, was it, 66% of browsing is probably done on a mobile device now? I, I, that does not surprise me really very much. Um I won't say it's self-evident because these things, you know, what appears to be self-evident isn't necessarily so. Um, but I, that's no big surprise to me. I mean, let's face it, I probably read 60 to 70% of my email on my phone. Um, the only time I don't read it on my phone really is while I'm sitting at my desk at work. Yeah. At the rest of the time. And even then, sometimes I'll pick up my phone rather than bothering to shift to another, you know, to an email client to read it. So... That does not really surprise me. It, uh, what I will say is, I keep saying that, what I will say, of course what I'm going to say it because I'm actually saying it, is I think I actually go through my email less because of my watch. Because I, I, I will look and it will obviously buzz and you know, it's only set up for my iCloud address. So I look and then it's actually made stop me sort of like delving in and like checking, oh, have I got an email? Have I got an email? It pings up and then uh, I can just sort of just drop in and reply I, to the ones that I like. Yes. I, well, I, I would say in my case that having the watch has led to me glancing at my watch when it, when it uh, you know, gives me a notification and... As we all do, I get various emails which are not really, they don't require a reply. You know, there'll be today's font bundle from, uh, you know, fontbundlers.net and various other things like that. You know, LinkedIn, you have a met, you know, you have an update on LinkedIn. Mm. Do I really? like? And I care. No, we all have a slew of those kind of things, don't we? And I can just look at my watch and say, right, that's not important. I can leave that till later. So, that leads to me, I suppose, fishing into my email or my phone less, which is good, which is, you know, that's part of the reason I, I bought an Apple Watch, because I wanted to be able to do that. 
I keep uh, forgetting that I need to sign up for a Proton Mail account, uh, which is that's something I've got to do this week. Uh, yep, so no surprise there then. Uh, what else have we got? Is oh yeah, we've got. Um, so... Mentioning mentioning Proton Mail. Um, I I don't know. Did I mention on the show or was it in the Slack that I talked about the fact that uh, I'd signed up for the Proton VPN? I think we were gonna talk about it, but I think we might have run out of time. So yeah, so Proton VPN, what is it, and why? What makes you go for that instead of something like the the one that everyone seems to be shilling, which oh, is what, Tunnel, Tunnel Bear. Bear? Tunnel Bear. Well, I I I use Tunnel Bear. I like Tunnel Bear. Uh, Bear has a free tier, which is the one I use, which gives you 500 megabytes of data for free. Um, and you can use any of their servers in the world. So that means you can, you know, appear to be in the US or South Africa or Hong Kong or wherever the hell you want to be. Um, and if you do a tweet once a month, uh, they give you another gig. So effectively on the free tier, you can have a gig and a half of data. Um, so that's a really good service, um, and I use that for coffee shops and the like. Um, I also use Hotspot Shield VPN on my iPhone. And that has a free tier, which I use, but that only for free. That only allows you to use the US server, which means it it's not good for some things. Anything that requires you, you know, locally to be in the UK, that won't work for Proton VPN. Why did I sign up for that? Uh, because I like doing such things, and it looked interesting. It was a bit fiddly to install, particularly on the iPhone, I will admit. And I ran into a problem because their their setup details didn't really make it clear to me which servers you can use. And if you're on the free tier, other tiers are available for you know various sums of money. There are a restricted set of servers which you can use, um, and that wasn't made 100% clear uh, at least when I set it up. Now, at the moment, it's in a, it is in a startup phase, and I I signed up and I got on immediately. But I am a Proton Mail user, so that may have given me you know a, a priority in. Um, I know uh, some of the boys in the Slack room have signed up and they're on the waiting list to be invited so you know it's not fully it's not fully baked yet so the fact that i contacted their support and said i've got a problem it won't let me in what am i doing wrong and they got back to me eventually um and said you know tell us what service you're using and whatnot and they sent me a link saying i, I don't think you're using the right servers and they sent me a link which showed all, all their servers and which ones you could use on which tier that you're subscribed to. Um, yeah. And so then I, I selected, I, I, I threw away my config files and I downloaded ones which are allowed on the free tier. And then it worked. Uh, the thing that confused me was that when I first signed up, I picked one of the UK servers and that appeared to work for like the, when I did a short test, um, which is what threw me because I found out afterwards that that server's not available on the free tier. So that was why I, ever afterwards I couldn't log in. Um, so why did I sign up for that? Just because, you know, having a, that one's f free and it's unlimited data and you're limited to, uh, on the free one, you're you're limited to the Netherlands, the USA, Hong Kong, I think maybe Japan. I don't know. There, there's a list, but it's a restricted set of servers that you have access to. But uh, it, it, it looks like, you know, it's free and it's, or it's available free, like so many of them. And it's open source and it's run by the people, you know, from CERN who do ProtonMail. Um, so I just thought it would be a good thing to explore. 
Although Google have said recently that they're going to stop um, uh, yeah, scanning for keywords. Yeah, yeah, yeah which they I, have indeed. It might keep me there. I don't know. It, I mean, to be able to Google is just such a trash of junk now. It's uh, like anything and everything. I just, you know, I've got to turn off my Twitter and I'm just bombarded every single day with emails from Twitter. It's like, oh, just unmanageable, unmanageable. Uh, right. What else have we got on this list today? Mm. Uh, excuse um, me. Uh, Dougie, sent us, yeah, Dougie sent us a little tip. Uh, if you find somewhere, for example, a place of business uh, in Apple Maps and you use Savers Contact, you will gather all the information available for that place of business, including their opening hours and a mini map inside your contact card. And this can be extremely useful for doctors and the like at the very least. So that's a handy tip, isn't it? Yep. Thank- oh, you yeah. know what? I realise who Dougie is now. I know yes, Dougie. It's Andy. Um, Andy. <laughs> but the, th- the reason runner. I say this is that a couple of months ago, I had a, I was on Strava just finishing a cycle, and I had a request from someone called Andy to join me on Strava. And it's like, who the hell is this? And it wasn't until last week that it finally clicked that Andy is the Andy who added me on Strava. So if you listen to this, Andy, uh, yeah, my dumbassery. Uh, and stupidity meant that's why it took so long to. But add yeah, to that Strava. is a that is a rather handy little tip, isn't it? Uh, it allows you to effectively snatch their whole virtual um, card. Was it the VCF data from Maps and straight into your contacts? So a very handy little tip, I think. It is. Thank you very much. Uh, another handy tip here is oh, this one was also sent to us from Dougie from Slack. Uh, yes, D- Dougie uh, sent from... quite a lot in this week. A public service announcement, and this one is from the Mac Observer. Delete one file to recover admin on any Mac. So if you're locked out of a Mac, like I had a friend who was a couple of weeks ago, uh, and you've got the the passwords gone, or you've had a sysadmin, and they've buggered off, and they haven't told you what the password is, and all that sort of stuff, you can delete one file to get back back your admin uh, access. Then all you have to do here is right so first of all you have to boot single mode this means rebooting the mac and pressing command s at the startup chime keep the keys pressed and so you see a black screen and white text and that is single user mode next you need to mount this the file system with slash sbin slash mount uh, hyphen uw slash uh, uh, space be careful there Slash SBIN slash mount space hyphen space, UW yeah. space. Fact, you know slash... I'm not going to read out the rest of this because <laughs> someone might kill their machine. Yeah, uh, especially as it contains an RM command. And uh, yeah, how to do it's in the show notes. The link is in the show notes. Um, it's it's useful, but it's also certainly a little bit scary because effectively anybody who knows how to do that, if they steal your Mac, they can get in regardless of how hard your password is. Yeah, I mean you. But then I've always to... said, I've always said, if somebody has physical control of your Macintosh, all the bets are off anyway. Yeah, and you can set a firmware password. So well, of course you can. can. If you're really, if you're really worried about that, you can set a firmware password, which will stop pre- prevent anybody doing anything without oh, knowing no. the firmware. I remember the days when I was getting rid of old compact laptops and we had passwords on there and no one could remember it. So you were just locked. So because they did this to disable the USB ports. Oh, those were the days. Thank God they're gone. I remember the days when you could uh, you could get round even that by uh, taking the CR32 battery out for 30 seconds. 
Oh, and, that would wipe the, and that would wipe <laughs> that would reset yeah. the BIOS. <laughs> there you go. In fact, I have uh, basically I've had to go and move all my stuff this week from the place I used to live to here. And I found my very first compact laptop. And I'm very tempted to see if it will boot up just for this year. Heck, because it's got to be, what, 10 plus years old? Although I, I made a joke in this ch- the Slack chat room the other day that I'm going to spend the weekend upgrading my Toshiba laptop here. Uh, I wasn't joking. I have literally spent the whole weekend just waiting for updates to apply and then more updates and then wait for the the travesty that is Windows Creator Edition. Uh, I'm trying to think what else I've been up to this week that's sort of relevant. I've been using the um, My Surface at work. I'm not convinced. It's the second the CPU usage goes through the roof. Like, uh, so I've been trying to do a bit of um, very, very basic picture editing, like literally draw on a screen. I've got a picture that I've scanned. Uh, it is about 3000 pixels by 2000 pixels at 300 DPI. So it's nothing overly taxing, but by word, does it rip the CPU into shreds? And then when you're trying to color, you get that horrible laggy uh, pen delay. So I think this week I'm going to go see my friend who's got an iPad Pro, play with it for a few hours, actually try and do some work on it and uh, see if one day I can just sell all of my junk to afford a new shiny. Ah, well, I'll tell you what, leading, that leads rather nicely on, doesn't it? To um, I put a link in uh, in the week for 10 paid iPhone apps on sale or free right now. Uh, and that was in BGR. If you hunt for uh, apps free today, you will often find articles from BGR um, and various other people. Uh, and there was a list of 10 iPhone apps on sale for free today. And there's one called Vector Paper Plus, which uh, described itself as... Inspired by pro-level vector illustration illustration packages on the Macintosh. And I downloaded it for free. I've had a look at it. Obviously, I work with Illustrator a lot. Using it on my phone, it's way too twee. I'll be honest. Uh, if you had... I mean, you know, you can do stuff. It contains all the tools I'd expect it to. And it looks really rather nice. Um, but I suspect you really need an iPad. Or at the very least, an iPhone Plus. But yeah. uh, I, I had a look today... Before for the show and it is apparently still free there's a light version and then there's the plus version um i don't know it's only it's normal price is only about a dollar so not exactly a lot of money um but that might be worth a look and the link for that will be in the show notes how long it will stay free i can't say so if you're interested i best you uh rush to the app store and see if you can find it well on that sort of subject um adobe sketch has had an update this week where we'll actually allow you now to create custom canvas sizes quite why this wasn't in previous versions i have no idea but now if you're wanting to do something with a custom size you can do easily with Adobe, um, what is it called? I think it's called Adobe Sketch, which isn't uh, a bad little app, really. Although I really wish some way they would say, right, let me resize this image and let me tell you what I want to do in pixels. Not just grab handles. I want to be able to see things in pixely dimensions. <laughs> and whilst I'm having a good old grumble, I wish that Pixelmator, when you save something, there's a Pixelmator file which has rulers in it, that when you send that file to someone else, you open up that Pixelmator file on an iPad and the rulers are gone. 
So the guides that I set up, sorry, guides, not rulers. The guides don't transfer from Mac to iOS. Mm, that's if I'm wrong, annoying. Someone call me because it's so annoying. I would say that that would be very annoying. I, I would find that very annoying, I think, you know. Uh, you put guides in for a reason on the whole, don't you? Yeah. Well, it, it's basically, I've been working with a colleague doing um, custom, uh, I don't want to say greeting cards. Uh, what would you call them? Cards? What? Um, oh, they are? What? Postcards? Greetings cards? Yeah. So I've, I've been doing that. And basically, I start off with a 7x5 canvas. And then I have to do a aperture at a certain size. And so when I do that, I put all the guides in and I tell my friend, my, sorry, my colleague to go, right, put the image into there, use the grab handles, and then, you know, you've got the right size. And then we're struggling and struggling and struggling. And then I actually had a look. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, that's why you're struggling because the guides have disappeared. Yeah. But uh, this, I mean, this this also leads us nicely on to a bit of a, a bit of a dilemma that I'm having. So said person has got an iPad. Now, they're not the most technically minded people in the world. However, I have about oh, 10 to 12 PDF files and I want to share them in a folder, but I want to make it as easy as possible. Now, what I mean by easy is so like, for example, if I put them into Mega and I share that link with someone, they have to go and get the Mega app. And when they get the Mega app, they have to create a login and a username and a password. All I want to do is dump my files into a folder, give someone a clicky link for an iPad where they can click on it and they can have the files. Not as easy uh, as you think. Well, um, I'm a big fan of wetransfer.com. Yeah, but then which that's that only would, sending the files. Is you've yes, that, did, yes that just directly is a way of sending files. That doesn't sh- share files. Um, you've got, obviously, iCloud, of course. Which you can't share folders in. Uh, oh, can you not? Nope. Ah, I think you can in, in 11. It's coming. Uh, if, you, if you, Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's coming. Pretty sure they've added that. I think they might have added that in the last iOS 11 beta. Anyway, it's coming, right? It is coming. Um, well, if if you can't do it at the moment, 11. if you can't do it at the moment, my I have to say... And I think I've said this before, my favourite cloud service at the moment and for some time has to be the Microsoft OneDrive. I find that by far um, the most convenient to use. It's easy to share things to other people. Um, I don't know how big a drive you get now, but of course, if you subscribe to Office 365, I think you get a terabyte yeah. or some obscene uh, I, amount I of space. Um, I need... You know, but if you're only talking about sharing a few files, um, it's it's very very good. I I find OneDrive to be possibly the best. I use I use loads of those services, obviously, but um, the main three I use are probably in order of preference the Microsoft OneDrive, which I've been using ever since it was called Windows Live SkyDrive, Dropbox, and Mega. Um, in that order, to be fair. I think I've asked this question before. Does Mega have a Mac app? Yes. Uh, Oh, yes. It has a Mac sync. The biggest, the only real downside to Mega is on the free tier, there's a limit to the amount of file transferring you can do per month. But it's quite big. 
I think I've only I've only um, exceeded it once, and that was when I wanted to upload uh, a Mac OS installer for somebody who needed access to 10.6 or 10.7 or something. Yeah. And they didn't have the installer, and I did. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do is we'll come back to this next time I'm on. I was going to say next week, but I'm not here next week. I'm going to be in London. Oh, Cycling. A hundred well, miles. Yeah, well, today I went for a cycle. We're completely off topic. And I hit a new personal best of, was it 15.9 miles per hour over an hour and a half? Bearing in mind where I live, it's not exactly flat. And I was got back and was like, oh, which is brilliant because last week I completely overcooked it on the Sunday, then cycled Monday, Tuesday. And by Wednesday, my legs were like saying, no, 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 no. I, I my, They were aching that much. <laughs> When I was in bed, I had to stretch out with my legs to the side of the wall just to keep them stretched. So in, <laughs> that reminds me, uh, Andy slash Dougie, we will be doing a fitness specialty thingy in the next couple of weeks. So I will arrange it. I haven't forgotten. Um, Andrew, sorry, Andy is a ultra runner, which means I suppose yes. when I talk about cycling, there are people out there going, oh, my God, I'm so lazy. I you know, don't do anything. I understand that because that's what Andy makes me feel like at times because he's an ultra marathon runner. I think he just did 100 miles the other week. Did he? Well, yeah, I know he did, I, yeah. he did 85 kilometers running up a mountain in South Africa in the blazing heat. Yeah. So that's going to be an interesting me, one. Which was enough to make me feel like I was going to uh, faint just thinking about <laughs> it to be honest <laughs> and the worst thing is in work there's a set of steps and every time i walk up them my legs blow it's like i've carried a 225 kilogram bags of cement going up some steps i just can't walk up them it's absolutely beyond ridiculous stick me in a saddle for seven hours i'm fine which reminds me i've just had a look on this thing uh you've got there's a cutoff time of eight and a half hours now bearing in mind i'm sort of thinking yeah i want to do this in seven i'm thinking uh, yeah uh, that's gonna be because that's eight and a half hours including stops now when i did last did my last uh 100 miler i sort of stopped for about 15 minutes each time so i'm gonna be right on the wire uh, and if you want to, if you want to see how I'm doing in that there, London, you could follow me on the Twitter at Ocean Speed, uh, <clears throat> or if you're a Strava type, look me up on there. Uh, and yeah, I could do with a bigger Strava cycling community. So if you're out there, let me know. Well, as we've gone completely off track, why don't we take a quick break and we're going to drop into Nemo's Hardware Store, and then we're going to be back in about oh three minutes. So John, over to you. This is the first socket tuning edition of Nemo's Hardware Store because I'm taking Simon's advice and putting a little ankle-length tennis sock over my microphone. The microphone is a very small, compact studio microphone from IK Multimedia, and it's what I typically record my segments on here for the Essential Apple Podcast. The good people at Kenex, or Kenex, that's K-A-N-E-X, sent us two products to review for this week's episode, Nemo's Hardware Store. They look very similar. They both are made of aluminum in a sort of brushed aluminum space gray look. Each has a very short cable with a USB-C tip at the end of the cable. That would be for your MacBook. I believe USB-C is also being used on some competing products from non-Apple laptops. But for here, we are talking about the MacBook because they specifically say that these products from Kenex are for the MacBook. First one is called the four-port USB charging hub with USB-C for MacBook. It's a four-port hub 
Very simply, you plug the USB-C tip on the cable into a USB-C port on your MacBook, and all of a sudden, you have four ports for USB 3, for conventional USB 3 with a blue piece of plastic to identify it in the port as USB 3. Very, very helpful. In addition, on the front side, there's also a USB-C pass-through charging port. So you can charge and you can also use up to four USB 3 traditional USB devices directly from the USB-C port on your MacBook. This is $50 in the U.S. and it is certainly worth it because the minute you need to charge more items than you've got from your USB-C and you don't have a regular USB 3 port or a 2 port or a regular USB anything port on that MacBook, you will gladly pay 50 bucks or whatever your local currency is the equivalent to have a 4-port USB charging hub with USB-C. They really should call it a 4-port USB 3 charging hub with USB-C and pass-through USB-C power port. That would be, make a pretty long name. Highly recommended for those of you who have the MacBook. Slightly smaller than that, but just as useful, is the premium USB-C to HDMI 4K adapter. Also from Kenex, we will have the websites and the links for our Amazon affiliate and also for the Kenex company site on our web version of this show notes. The premium USB-C to HDMI 4K adapter for MacBook. Plug and play 4K Ultra HD. Be aware when you go to look for this, if you see one that's less than $40, like $20, or the equivalent in your currency, don't get that one because they have a regular one and they have a premium one. Get the premium one. The build is better. The cable is better. Everything about it is a better quality especially when you want to watch that HDMI TV directly from your USB-C only MacBook, the 12-inch Apple MacBook. One day soon, other Apple products will have USB-C. For right now, it's MacBook and MacBook only. This is $40 from Kenex. Enjoy your TV shows, movies, and pictures in full 4K resolution. 3840 by 2160 at 60 hertz. That's the poop sheet on this premium USB-C to HDMI 4K adapter. Extra strong cable, really solid brushed aluminum housing. Kinex has made a very bold play here for the USB-C accessory market. They don't want people to be limited by that meager USB-C connectivity when they want to run their peripherals or external devices. Thanks, Kinex, for doing a great job to support the Mac community. And we will look forward to getting more of your items for our review here on Nemo's Hardware Store. Back next week. Thank you, John, once again for another Nemo's Hardware Store. As always, you can find all of this stuff in our show notes, along with our Amazon affiliate link. For that, If you click it, purchase anything from Amazon after you've clicked it, you may want to disable uh, uh, what they call uh, ad blockers just in case the affiliate link does get blocked. I don't think it's too much of a problem. We get, sorry, I had a scratchy nose then, a very small amount of commission from whatever you buy. And it all goes back in to keep the show going in the mess that it is. So if you do use it, I know some of you have been using our Amazon affiliate link. Thank you very, very much. It is generally appreciated. And of course, we have a Patreon if you want to subscribe. And just donate, pledge, put pocket money in there, whatever's down the back of the sofa. 
uh, that would be awesome because every single little thing helps. Yeah, we're not right. proud. No, we're not proud, are we? Not. We take it all. Yes, we are cheap. We will be bought for the lowest price. Uh, so where were we going first? We It was a ring thing, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, so let's have a look at the rings. The rings were quite interesting. Yeah, so you, you might take the lead on this one because I am sort of might be missing the point. This is a smart ring. That acts as your payment card, password, door keys, and more from tokenize, T-O-K-E-N-I-Z-E.com. Um, yeah, take it away on this one, Simon. Uh, yes, well, the token ring, nothing to do with token ring of uh, days gone by, is two-factor authentication device, and it says one ring to access everything. And basically, it is a ring which, once you've set it up, uh, can be used to unlock your Mac. Uh, I assume you have to have a new enough Mac to support that. Car keys, if you have a keyless car... Uh, can be used for transit cards, uh, work access cards, and so on and so forth. Your credentials are stored on an EAL 5 Plus certified secure element keeping them safe. Scan your fingerprint when you put your token on to activate it and unlock your credentials. Token locks your credentials as soon as you take it off, so you do not have to worry about losing it. Uh, Well, you do when you find out the price, I can assure you. You do not need to have an account to use the token, and we never send your credentials to our servers. The token is made of sterling silver and available in seven sizes, and we will send you a a sizer kit before your token ships so you can choose the most comfortable fit. Uh, You can then add to the kit, if you wish, uh, a car lock um, for an extra $100 and a smart door lock for $100. Uh, And it is available in uh, brushed, which I guess is a kind of brushed aluminium finish, which matches uh, traditional Max, in black rhodium for an extra $50 or a 14 karat rose gold finish uh, for another if you also an extra $50. Um, We've received overwhelming interest in the token and we are unable to fulfill all orders when the production begins. Reserve a spot in line by signing up on the mailing list. There you go, if you wish to reserve one. But I will warn you, the basic price is $249. So if you want a black one, it's $300. And uh, if you want uh, a gold one, it's also $300. Or a gold-plated one, anyway. And it really is just a ring, isn't it? There's no screen. There's no... No, no I mean, if you look at the pictures, on the website it looks like a moderately chunky wedding ring um, and it shows you there there's a sensor on the inside which I guess is the one that uh, is probably the sort of secure enclave and also the optical sensor so it knows when you're wearing it its uh, dimension is 9mm by 2.5mm so it's a fairly hefty piece of uh, jewellery but um, I have to say, if the price was a bit less, I'd, I'd probably be putting this on my on my last list. I'm not sure I'd actually have a huge amount of use for it because, um, unfortunately, my bank doesn't even support Apple Pay at the moment. But uh, and I don't have a car that's keyless, and I doubt my Mac is. Uh, well, my Mac doesn't support being unlocked even by my watch, so I don't suppose that would be. So I certainly don't think I'll be spending $300 on one. But um, this is a real product. This is not a Kickstarter. Currently sold out, as it says. Uh, But it looks quite, you know, and I do think, I'll be honest, I will be honest, I do think that these kind of things are going to become more and more 
um, ubiquitous because, well, I just do. I just think that's the way our lives are going. Um, what's your kind of view on that, Mark? It's uh, it, me. Well, hang on. Let me try and articulate myself. That might help. It reminds me a lot of the on the Apple Watch. If you have an Apple Watch and you've got a newer Mac, then you can unlock your Mac just by being uh, close to it. But the price point just seems... Well, it seems a little bit too close to the Apple Watch or any other yeah. smartwatch. I mean, at three hundred, for... yeah, at three hundred dollars or two hundred and fifty dollars, let's face it, you could buy yourself a perfectly good Apple Watch, couldn't you? Or other smartwatches are available for you know similar kind of price points. Just or you could, uh, you know, if you want to go really mad, I saw that Louis Vuitton have released one. Uh, have you seen that? The Louis Vuitton smartwatch. Uh, I think it starts at three and a half thousand dollars or something. <laughs> but uh, no, um, I like the concept. I like the concept and I do think these things are going to become more and more popular. But at the moment, at that price point, I'm afraid it's, and you know, it it's off is my radar. hella chunky. I mean, yeah. if you look at all of the pictures... They've all got their sort of fingers quite close together as if to say, this thing is massive and it's going to slide off my hand just by gravity alone. Um, It it doesn't look a comfortable uh, device at all. Hard hard to say. Hard to say without seeing one, isn't it? I mean, the pictures are quite carefully posed, I will admit. Uh, Probably the the best shot that would show you how big it is 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 the guy starting his car. That's probably the best shot of uh, that gives you an idea of what it looks like. all, a lot of the others have been carefully posed so that you can't really see the thickness of the ring. Um, anyway, there you go. It's, the it, link it will be in the show idea. notes, of course. It's, I mean, one of the things that they're tainting is got it's uh, it's going to time Windows Hello, which is going to be quite nice. But then you're going to need the hardware. The thing with the opening, the starting of a, a car lock, I would have liked to know a little bit more about that. Like, is that going to work with all cars or some cars or? I suspect you have to. Put, well, I, I, I suspect you have to buy their hundred-pound car locking widget. Doesn't specify, does it? Um... I, mean, I suppose it is sort of one less way where you you don't have to do something barbaric like pull your. Um, pull your phone out of your pocket but what they don't show you in the photos here is that if you go to the website tokenize.com when it's in its charge stand, it's mostly a ring but then it's flattened off on one side which is where you've got the sensory doodah and in all well, of the shots they've got the sensor on the bottom they don't actually show you um well if you look you know, at the shot there is a shot of just the ring and, and if you look the ring itself is completely circular ah uh, yeah it's, it's the dog it's yeah the dog. and then the, the flat there is a flat piece on the inside which obviously is meant to press on the inside of your finger i guess to you know it's the sensor that makes sure that you're wearing it so that if you're not wearing it it's disabled and you activate it with your fingerprint when you put it on so um interesting interesting concept and uh, as i say I, I think these things will become more and more common and with all such technology you know it will get cheaper the more popular it becomes and production ramps up it will become cheaper won't it these things always do you know or copycats will come out with a slightly reduced function version i mean i'll be fair you know they've the token device provides card holders with a personal lifestyle accessory that can make simple and safe contactless transactions at millions of merchants locations in 96 countries around the globe and that's from mastercard so i mean this is not um this is not some company who've got uh 
no backing, you know, we're thrilled to work with Token to make the Windows Hello experience better. Token yeah. will log you into Windows 10 seamlessly in a way that feels natural and familiar, and that's from Microsoft. So, you know, they've obviously got some fairly big uh, backers, or at least supporters, not necessarily financially or otherwise, but, you know, that's, that's well, that's that. I mean, we'll put the link in and people can go and look at it for themselves. I mean, my biggest, my biggest, uh, what would you call it? Uh, reservation is simply the cost. You could buy yeah. an Apple Watch. You could buy an Apple Watch or another smartwatch for that kind of price and it would do so much more. So if you can afford it and it's, uh, you know, it's a nice peripheral, then maybe you'd like it. There's not a lot else to say about that now, is there? But uh, interesting concept is all I have to say, really. I mean, you can add multiple uh, credit cards to it, but it doesn't say how you would select what credit cards you want to pay with. So you could add loads onto it. It doesn't say about how to do it. There is some security built into it. It actually has a fingerprint sensor and an optical sensor. So yeah. if some nay-do-weller tries to take it off you, then it's a lot like the Apple Watch. It stops working. But yeah, it's not. I wouldn't... Uh... I wouldn't say it's a bad idea. I think, like you say, the the main thing is is the um is the price. I'm just having a look at what cars it's compatible with. Uh, your token works by looking in your car and activating the start button when you knock twice. When you leave the car, you knock twice again. And token will lock the doors and disable the start button. You don't need to get a program. There's a special app. Ah, right. You basically plug yeah. So to to get it working with your car, if you've got like a start buttony type car. Uh, you plug your device into the car's OBD2 port. So it's like a little plug-in that goes into there, and that's what starts the car. Yeah, so that's an, that's an extra $100, of course. Yeah. But, uh, that, you know, if you can afford... Some <laughs> well, it would. If you can afford the sort of, you know, top-end Audis and such, such like that support that kind of uh, technology, then perhaps $300 is you know small change yeah there are going to be some people it's, it's saying sold out but we don't know how many there were well, how many did they had that was the pre-orders so i just thought it was an interesting concept and i do think like smart glasses and and uh, a whole range of other things i think we're going to see more and more of these things popping up and, and uh, i think they're just going to become more and more common in the same way as smartphones have we started out on smartphone on the smartphone uh, roundabout they were considered very much a luxury. Now, most people would consider not having a, a smartphone to be uh, going without, wouldn't they? Yeah, I've, I've, I'm sorry, I'm just looking at the next story of yet another ring, fingery, uh, ringy now this, device. This, now, this one is a Kickstarter. Yeah, so this, this um, is on the Kickstarter. This is a bone conduction ring that puts phone calls at your fingertips. Uh, so this is another... How do you you know the, the films where you see CIA opera, or CIA or you know, Secret Service or whatever talking to somebody and they always put their finger to their ear to hold the the earpiece in. Well, these clever uh, people have done that idea and made it into a ring. Uh, it's called Ori, O-R-I-I. It allows you to field calls by touching your ear. Thanks to its bone conduction technology that sends vibrations through your hands directly to stimulate the little ear bones responsible for hearing. So basically, you wear this, <laughs> you wear this thing on your finger, and then when you want to talk to someone, you put your ear finger to your ear and press down, and you too can walk around in a really uncomfortable position, making it look like you're talking to yourself or your special friend called Jeffrey, who nobody else can see. <laughs> and I have to say, look at the pictures. This thing is big, isn't it? Uh, to call it a ring is somewhat of a stretch. I'll be honest. Again, I've this sort of... isn't. Sort of an odd concept. I, 
I guess it's it's for people who I'm, I don't know what's wrong with taking your phone out of your pocket. If you're not a person who's happy wearing a Bluetooth uh, earbud or whatever, but I'm not sure. I'm not convinced by it myself. I thought it was an interesting. Uh, I thought it was an interesting little snippet. I'm just what looking at the Kickstarter video, and it always it always amazes me. These Kickstarter videos were saying, "We're looking for an insane amount of funding, but here, look at our professionally produced video, which we've obviously had studio lighting and high definition cameras and scripted in Reddit. You could have used that money to, uh, you know, put into the product. I'm just saying. Well, there we go. Um, interesting concept not convinced i mean the pictures of the ring it's how big do you think that piece is on there i mean that's got to be oh, got to be an inch and a bit hasn't it that's got the the actual yeah the actual device that goes on the ring has got to be the best part of an inch square hasn't it I mean, um, the thing is it's, it's and fairly you're, thick you're by like the a bit of a it douche well. walking around with your finger in it like this guy in the video is just it uh... <laughs> I don't know. There you go. And it's like, where, how is the microphone going to work? Because well, the, you, micro- the microphone's in the the microphone. There's, there's a sound cancelling microphone in the ring. In the yeah, but the, that's the thing though. The the ring piece is actually behind the mouth. So you talk and your voice your voice is projected in front of you. It doesn't go backwards. It doesn't go to your ear where you put your finger. No, no. But that said, lots. I mean, you know, for example, my TWS buds a microphone in it and that's in my ear and that's a little tiny thing isn't it in my ear and that seems to work relatively well at least for a phone call it's not much cop for oh um, sorry i'm just at a bit of the video where he goes ori is splash proof and he washes his hands but can makes a very very big attempt not to get it anywhere near the thing on his ring on, <laughs> on, his, on his finger there we oh, go. Kickstarter. I've been watching well, a lot of videos about Kickstarter. I've been bit. Uh, well, saying, actually, before I go into that, bone conduction does work. There's a company called Aftershocks, uh, and they make uh, bone, uh, what was it, bone conductive headphones, which completely don't go around your ear. And they're, re- they're really good in the sense that they work, but there isn't much in the way of bass at all. It's very sort of, I don't want to say tinny, but there's no oomph behind it because obviously to create bass you need air and because it's conducting through your bones um you're not going to get that but for cyclists runners and all that sort of stuff if you want to listen to music and podcasts and stuff on the go uh yeah the aftershocks weren't bad now i've actually ordered a similar product off kickstarter and would you believe it year and a half down the line still haven't got it if I, I don't think, let me think about this. I think I've only had one product that I bought on Kickstarter, which was, as it said, which was a basically a company had bought a job lot of small uh, mobile phone batteries, put a case around it so it's the size of a credit card and sold them for a reasonable price. That's it. And so what, that was a, that was a, a charging Thing. Yep. Uh, I bought some lights that were supposed to be LED, they were supposed to be dimmable, uh, they were supposed to be magnetic. What you ended up with was a chunk of aluminium with a Japanese knockoff light in it that wasn't rechargeable. Because I, I thought, all oh, right, you know what, rechargeable bike lights, really bright lumens, stuff like that. Final product, absolutely useless. <laughs> absolutely useless. There we go. 
Uh, that's yeah, that's so the way it runs, isn't it? Uh, it is. Pick your Kickstarters with great care. Oh, yes. And if the, if the video looks too good to be true, I will guarantee you it is too good to be true and save you money. Uh, yeah. uh, perhaps that's what happened to this robot then. Eh? Oh, the, the robot who gave up. <laughs> well, yes. Um, depending on which version of the story you want to read. Uh, the BBC have a rather... Um, probably more sensible take, which is a robot, quote-unquote, drowns in fountain mishap. The wheeled security robot in Washington, D.C., tumbled into a fountain at an office building and uh, obviously was then, no doubt, uh, well, discombobulated because electricity and water, as some people say, don't mix, but actually they mix rather too well, don't they? So I suspect the inside of the robot went pssst. And all the magic black smoke escaped because we all know electronics run on black smoke, don't they? And if it escapes, they're broken. Um, <laughs> did you not know that electronics run on black smoke? And if the black yes. smoke escapes, they don't work anymore. <laughs> well, it's like that creature out of Lost, isn't it? Which was never explained the, the yeah. smoke monster. Anyway, um, so yes, this robot security guard uh, apparently fell in the fountain. It appears that it probably didn't see the steps and fell into the fountain and thus, quote-unquote, drowned itself. But another report I saw took a rather more humorous view of it, said that due to its terribly boring job patrolling the shopping centre, uh, that it just couldn't take any more and it flung itself willingly <laughs> in, into the pool in a desperate attempt to end its misery. But <laughs> I have to say that it was a... A somewhat more amusing take, if probably far from the truth. I did like the quotes in the BBC in the BBC report, though. Um, one person said, uh, "Steps are obviously our best defence against the robo apocalypse." Um, and another guy said, "I don't know. We were promised flying cars, and instead we've got suicidal robots," which was uh, <laughs> quite a funny take. But uh, the links in the show notes, of course, you can go and have a read. Uh, I'm pretty sure that all that's happened is this robot has misjudged where the steps are and has tumbled in to its doom. To its doom. Uh, apparently, uh, the report did say that they're still fairly experimental. Uh, they're in their sort of beta stage. And the, the manufacturers have taken that one back. Uh, for examination and to see if they can find out what went wrong and we'll be shipping the uh, the people who utilise it uh, another one for free. So, you know, they're not out of pocket. But that's, always, that was it, quite an amusing little of, story. Uh, make the heart sing does a little bit when the internet can put aside all of its differences to come in mock uh, something like that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, uh, and, and it's quite an interesting thing because it, it, it looks like the sort of uh, top of a rocket, doesn't it? It's like a tapered nose cone kind of thing on wheels. Uh, so there's plenty of photographs of it laying in the water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go, go. We'll have that. We will have that in the show notes. Um, what else have we got? I'll tell you what, should we, you've got something from... Oh, Cutie well, I've Melon. got to... she's, she's done some audio for us. Well, she has. So let's have a listen to Cutie Melon, and then I will tell you all about my search for a music player. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Melon's Moment. Today I will be talking about Snapchat Maps and what I think of it once now that I've tried it myself. Now, 
For one, it's quite different to how I thought it was. Um, you might remember a couple episodes back where before I was doing Melon's Moments, I came on when Snap Maps was only just made or well announced, basically. And I was just going off of general ideas and articles that I had found because I didn't feel safe enough doing like downloading it and updating it myself. So now that I've updated and I've gone on to ghost mode, I've noticed you can there's three settings. You can see you can go on ghost mode, which means no one can see your location and then you can choose who sees your location your friends or you can select friends so you can block certain people from seeing your location now there's a lot of um how do i say this detail if you zoom in far enough you can see the street that you are currently on and you can not in detail but you can see the houses they're not accurate they're not like google maps but they are clearly houses based around where you live so they've obviously looked at google maps and then put it in a bitmoji mode i guess but you can zoom out where you can see all your friends in her huddle and zoom in to see more accurately where people are and it'll tell you when it was last updated so if i go into my sister's it says that her location was last updated 22 minutes ago and this is basically updated as soon as you go into the snap maps location like feature as what i can see now from what i understand it's a lot more safer than i thought but it's still not a great idea and i do understand that it's probably best if you stay on ghost mode unless you block who you don't know so on my snapchat it's only people that i know and if i don't know them i will delete them so that's why i'm not necessarily always on ghost mode but when i am it's only because someone else has come on to my snapchat and i need to find out who they are because most of the time you don't use your name or snapchat you use a username but all in all it's not a very different opinion from what i got from a couple weeks ago but it is different and i think i I respect it a lot more because it's a lot more safer so thank you for listening to my bit of melons moment and i will see you next week bye And uh, now I think I'd like to tell everybody my saga of trying to get some music on my phone so that I could just listen to the music that I'd copied onto my phone. Now, that's what we all used to do, isn't it, Mark? You know, with an iPod, you copied music onto the player and then you played the files with your iPod. Uh, And I thought... Uh, now that I've got a you know a phone with plenty of space on it, um, and I can afford to give up you know five or eight gig of space to put some music files on there, why don't I do that? I haven't had music on my phone for years because uh, I needed the space, and I don't listen to music on my phone very much, if ever. But I just thought I've got loads of space, so I'll put some I'll put some files on. So. I went to my iTunes library and uh, I copied across uh, a slew of music and put it on my phone. And uh, I thought that wouldn't be too difficult. Uh, iTunes didn't seem to want to play particularly nicely, but I, I got the music on eventually after a bit of swearing. Uh, then I thought, well, I'm, I'm quids in now. All I need to do is open the uh, the music app, you know, the Apple music app. 
on my phone and and play my music. Well, uh, no, how <laughs> stupid was I? The music app wants to wants you. Uh, have you signed up? Have you signed up to Apple Music? No. Would you like to sign up to Apple Music? No. Are you sure? No. No, no I don't want it. No, are you really sure? We've got all this music you can listen to. I don't want to listen to that. I want to listen to the music on my phone. It then it wants to show me all the music that's in the cloud that I can download. It's like I just want the music on my phone. Give it me. So, I thought, right, that's it. I shall banish, I shall banish the cursed music app to the darkest recesses of the rarely used folder on the furthest screen. And I send it to the swamp of dismal misery. And uh, so I started to have a look for what I thought would be quite an easy thing to find, uh, you know, just an iPod music player. Well, the iPod... The App Store is absolutely full of things that say free music player. And every, well, not every single one, but it seems like every one I went to was, you know, millions of songs for free, available online and offline to get stuff from our cloud. And No, no, people, I want a player. I just want a player. Anyway. Just let me get music on my phone easily and play it without having well, to go through the I've misery. Already put the, I've already that got the music like on. I don't care anymore. I've got like 36 days worth of music on my phone. I just want something that will play it. Well, I, I had to hunt and hunt and hunt. And uh, originally I found two free player apps. Uh, one was called Equalizer Plus which is free as long as you don't want all the equaliser features. Uh, if you just want it to play your music, which it will do. Unfortunately, it's got a horrible, well, I say horrible, a well garish Marshall Amp-esque. Um, is it that skewmorphic It's a sort of skewamorphic um, Marshall Amp mixer equaliser kind of thing and every time you switch screens you get are you sure you don't want to upgrade to pro which uh, to be fair if you just get it on the player screen and you've got your music that that works and to be honest you know if you just put shuffle play how much do you look at the app you open it you hit play you close it you listen to your music yeah. so that was a viable alternative if a little bit garish uh, i found another one called the tac high resolution music player which is somewhat more subtle and again that's free as long as you don't need the actual high resolution music uh features so if you've got a lot of you know if you want to use it to play these super high def files you need to pay them some money to enable the high definition playback but if you just want to use it as a player uh, you can and that's not too bad it's got a dark interface it's I wouldn't say skewamorphic, but it's got sort of uh, slightly curved 3D-esque buttons that make it look a bit like an early 2000s um, hi-fi. So just just a step back a bit. So how were you getting the files onto your phone? What what was it you were actually doing? Were you just dragging, dropping them via? I did. I did uh, it with. No, yeah, I did it with iTunes. I just made a playlist in iTunes, dragged all my music into the. I mean, I had some trouble with that because I used to keep my. We used to keep our music files on a on a shared drive on the network, and although yep. iTunes is supposed to be all right with that. It never liked it. I'm sorry. iTunes really doesn't no. like it unless you put your music, 
you know, on your hard drive in your home folder, and it always gives you grief. So I just resorted to saying, right, I'm just going to copy the whole music library back onto my Mac, and then from iTunes, select the ones I want, and drag them into a playlist, and then synchronize it with my iPhone. So, you know, I've got, I don't know what it is, you know, six or eight gigs worth of music, it's about 36 days worth of tunes on my phone. So then, all, all you... I wanted was a player so this TIAC uh, HR will do that you go to the playlist and choose on my phone and then all the files are there and you can do shuffle and all the other things and it's got an EQ in it and so on and so forth and that's perfectly acceptable quite pleasant nothing wrong with that at all but in the week I got uh, I saw one of these paid iPhone apps on sale uh, similar to the one where I I found the um, the Vector Paper Plus, and there was a mention in there of a thing just called Player, and it said, uh, "What's it called? I think it's actually called a Studio Music Player, um, forty-eight band equaliser with yeah <laughs> yeah, which is a bit over the top, but for those of you who like that sort of thing, but it it does contain a vast number of presets, uh, equaliser presets." For just about every quality uh, earphone slash earbud you could think of. So, I mean, if I look in here, Bang & Olufsen BO Play A2, Beats Power Beats 2 Wireless, Beats Solo 2. Oh, so it actually has profiles. Yes, it has a huge huge list of profiles in here. Sony SBH70, Sony SRS X2, uh, huge. Um, So if you have one that's in the list, you can just set that and that should be preset in my case i just turned the eq off because i'm not a person who knows anything about eq um and it's got a really nice ios 10 minimalist style interface Uh, you can change the colors you can have it white on black or gray on white or highlighted with sort of teal or bronze or gold or whatever um but it's 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 got the ios 7 to 10 aesthetic uh, and also has some fx by the way uh, it, should you wish to add distortion and uh, pitch bending and things to the music you're listening to why you'd want to do that i don't know but uh, you can and that was really nice uh it, it didn't cost me anything to download i don't know if it normally does um but after i fiddled with it a bit i found you could only play a few tracks at a time you could make a sort of mini playlist of five or six tracks and play those but if you want to add all of your collection um it cost me one pound 99 to unlock the unlimited tracks feature which i didn't think was too bad i thought that was quite bearable or uh if you want to you can pay i think it was 5.99 to unlock the studio music player pro and it did say in it brackets for professionals so i guess that's you know for people who really really understand what to do with a 48 band equalizer uh but that was very pleasant and it's called the studio music player and uh, as i say it cost me one pound 99 to unlock the unlimited feature uh, unlimited tracks feature uh and as you know the tiac hr is a perfectly good player um and you know it's not ugly it's not ugly at all uh but i i like this music studio player and i thought it was worth one pound 99 to me to be uh, and it's got a really nice icon which is it's an orange square with a white circle with a you know the orange uh, with a white triangle play button so it's dead easy to find on your screen as well just look for the flame orange play button uh which is rather nice is i'm trying to think there was an app on that i had in for review 
Uh, and it was a it was a music player, and I'm just been racking my head now trying to think what it was because what made it what set this one apart was the fact it could play FLAC uh, lossless audio files. Uh, so if I can find it, we will drop that into okay, the show well, notes as well. The, and it's really and the, the thing about this studio remember. music player, right? It does not attempt to say, look at our cloud. We've got all this stuff you can download. Nothing. It's to play the tracks on your phone. That's it. That's all it does. That and the fact it's got 48 band equalizer in it. And if you listen through headphones, there's a whole load of, there's use. a whole load of presets if you wish to listen to headphones. So brilliant. Thank you. Whoever made that, thank you very much. That's all I wanted. That really is all I wanted. So there you go. Bad luck, Apple. You know, your music player has become a nasty mess. And this player is salvation. Absolutely salvation. And we will have, yep, as I said, we'll have that in the show notes. Uh, let's have a look here. Yeah, we've been going for an hour. Have we got anything else that we want to do? We've been going for an um, hour. Uh, let me what see. We Was there anything? Is there, is there a quick story we can uh, whack through? What have we got? I think that's pretty much everything in the list. Uh, we've got a bit here about... Uh, updating the Mac OS through the App Store can take a long time um, and you can apparently do it from the command line if you care to and apparently if you do that you can continue to use your Mac while it updates in the background uh, and that was uh, uh, Dougie posted that uh, it, he found it on 9to5Mac um, and again I suspect this is probably going to have a load of terminal commands which I think we'll not try and read out uh, yeah, so we'll put uh, the link in uh, right updating the mac os uh, through the app store can take a long time for me typically 30 minutes of rebooting and waiting uh, mac os has a built-in software update utility which is much faster and it allows you to use the mac while it updates uh, to give a rough time estimate it only took me about 10 minutes to install the latest version and my macbook pro was only unusable for about two minutes uh, and then there are a couple of command line uh, instructions and they really are only two uh, in fact it's software update one word space hyphen l i think that is software update space hyphen i space hyphen a um and that apparently is about it you need to do it with sudo of course um but there we go we'll have a link to that but apparently that means you can run the updates in the background and then reboot your mac rather than watching the progress bar while it does it through the normal software update uh and that's probably about it mark i think we've probably covered everything we've got haven't we there is. Uh, I, I don't know. There's going to be. There, there probably will be a show next week. Like I said, I'm not here, so it will be fully in your hands. Uh, we might even try and do something. Um, if we can work out the logistics, I might try and join in whilst on my ride. Uh, I'm puffer. I'm, I'm cycling. I'm cycling. <laughs> well, that'd be a bit like the thing. No, I'm on the phone. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm in the art gallery. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm at the mall. I don't know where I am. Oh, I, I, I realise that I've got a hotel in Barking, which is completely the wrong side of blinking London. Plus points, it's near the start. It's near the start. Bad points, it's in the middle of an industrial estate and there's no pubs. So if you're listening out there and you're in the Barking area, if you could recommend a good post-cycle boozer or food or where I should go or where I could go in London that's not going to cost a billion bajillion pounds, 
please get in touch. And you can do so if you want to get a hold of me. It's at Ocean Speed or use the contact us form on the website. And Simon, if they want to get a hold of you, how can they do well, so? Well, I am, of course, as ever, at Serenak. S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Uh, and, of course, if people want to join in the Slack and find out what chitter-chatter goes on in there, they just need to contact us. And uh, we did this week have somebody else join us, so that was pleasant. And uh, hopefully it'll all be good. Yes, and hello to everybody in our Slack room. Uh, we don't often, well, we don't often do that. No, do we, we don't. I don't know. All, all I know is that if I'm starting to get this discombobulated, I need to get out yes, of here. I think that's so, about it, isn't it? I'm, I'm going to go and make a cup of tea. And yes, we will see you. Yes, we will. Cheerio. And of course, I'd just like to say we are part of the MyMac.com podcasting network where you can find such excellent shows as Guy and Gaz on the MyMac show, Tim and David on the Tech Fan show, The Three Geeky Ladies, The Geekiest Show Ever, uh, the excellent Bart Bouchotts with his Let's Talk, The Club Nintendo, and many, many more. Yes, go in if you... uh... Yeah, go and check them out because they are well, well worth it. And on that note, we will bid you adieu and we will see you shortly. So take it easy, stay safe, enjoy your weekend. Or that's probably not going to be a weekend. I don't know. Get me out of here. Take it away. Stay safe, everybody. Bye. Hi, I'm Bart Bouchotts, host of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. Every month I gather together a panel of Apple followers and we digest the month's Apple news. Our aim is to step back and take a 40,000 foot view of all things Apple. We're the perfect complement to the many great daily news shows out there. Listen and subscribe at www.letstalk.ie.